Hey everybody and welcome to an episode that is number 32 of the 100 Foot Jesus Podcast. This is Matt, uh, your host, and um, I'm going to be up front with you guys today. The last, geez, whole bunch of weeks, maybe (laughs) seven episodes or so, um, we've started off by saying this is a coronavirus discussion-free zone. Today, it is not. Um, Today, we're going to kind of talk about uh, Corona. Uh, we're going to talk about COVID-19 a little bit, um, because I just think there's a cu- couple things that really need to be addressed, um, spiritually. This is 100 foot Jesus podcast. And if you're like, man, this, this podcast is very Christian. Well, for one, you're probably not surprised because it has the word Jesus in it. It's not the 100 foot Jesus. You know, if your name's Jesus, this isn't like you being hundred feet tall. This is the 100 Foot Jesus Podcast, and we discuss things from a biblical standpoint on this show. That's kind of how the entire audience knows it. Um, So if this is your first time joining us, don't be surprised by that. But I feel like there are certain things, according to the gospel of Jesus, that that need to be addressed when it comes to what's going on um, in this worldwide pandemic. Now, before I discuss this, I know one thing for sure. Um, this topic has become political, which I'll be honest with you, even me, who I'm very leery of all politics, we've, I've discussed this a few times on the show. Um, I didn't think this would get political. Like I didn't think that party lines would be drawn for this issue. But then part of me says shame on me for not knowing that because um, we're in a, we're in a climate in a world where everything has in a way become political. And here's the reason why, and I'm going to offend you when I say this probably, but um, we're in a world where we don't really think for ourselves anymore. We think of whatever that that politician that has the D or the R in front of them wants us to think. Or maybe our cable news network, if you're a CNN, MSNBC person, um, if you're a Fox News person, you kind of think of whatever slant they do. The, the joke that a really good buddy of mine says is, when I say, hey, what do you think about this? And he says, well, I'm not sure. I haven't checked my cable news network to tell me what I think about this yet. Like, we typically don't think for ourselves in society anymore. We kind of wait for our cable news network or our press conferences from our favorite politicians to tell us what we think. Like, um, let's just go with this. Um, Certain things are extremely political, and they're not political issues. (laughs) Like, uh, for instance... I can tell you which political lean you have based on your opinion on guns. Like whether you think gun control is needed or not, or what version of gun control is needed, I can pretty much tell you what side of the political aisle you lean towards or what cable news network you follow. Like when there's a mass shooting in our country and, you know, right afterwards, that's when everyone wants to give their opinions. We don't talk about victims. We, we talk about perpetrators and we talk about our stance on guns. Um, based upon your view of that, I can pretty much tell you who you voted for in the last election and uh, what news network is your go to. Your view on guns. Now, is guns a political issue? I don't think so, but I can tell you which side of the aisle you're on. Um, based on your view on abortion like abortion rights, women's reproductive rights, and, and you know, whatever it is, I can usually tell which political party you belong to or which cable news network you listen to. 
And I don't find this one to be political either. I think it's a moral issue. Um, but, and I believe I'm very pro-life, as I know a lot of you guys would understand that. Um, and if you're not, like, you're not my enemy by any means. But I can kind of tell which side you vote on if you are pro-life or pro-choice. Like, I can tell. And again, why is that a political thing? Not really. Sure. Um, the environment. This one's the funniest part to me. I can, I can pretty much tell what you believe about climate change. Like, if you tell me I'm a Republican or a Democrat, I can kind of tell you if you think that climate change is real or fake. Now, why is that political? I don't know. And, I, and guys, the reason is we don't really think for ourselves. We kind of adopt the views of other people. Like, typically, if someone's a Trump supporter, they believe everything he says and they and they side with everything he says. If you're a Trump, you don't like her. Really good grammar there, right? Um, you pretty much disagree with everything the guy says. Like, he's done some amazing things, guys. And and, and when I say amazing, because I, I overuse the word amazing, but but he'll he'll do he'll do some really great things that benefits everybody. And then you'll read the comments section like, wow, you can't believe anything this guy says, blah, 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 blah. And then the exact same time, everybody's supporting everything he says. Like, um, everything has become political. So I'm going to talk about COVID-19 a little bit today. And when I say that, without even knowing it, I'm going to divide you guys politically a little bit. <laughs> I really am. And I'm not meaning to. Like, I'm not meaning to do that. Um, I don't have a political opinion about COVID-19. I promise you, I don't. I truly don't. I don't support nor negate the work of any of our governors. Like, I mean, I don't do either one because I don't have information about what is really true about this. Um, I don't. So please stop sending me your conspiracy theory videos uh, because... I don't know what the heck they're talking about. I don't know if they're telling the truth to me or not. And I'm not going to put forth effort and passion towards something that I don't know who's telling me the truth. I'm just going to kind of do what I do. You know what I'm saying? But anyway, today we're going to talk about COVID-19 a little bit. Now, um, if you're listening to this in 2029, you probably remember COVID-19. It was the time where we were wearing masks and where we were on a stay-at-home order for however long. Well, you know how long now, probably if you're in the year 2029 or so, but, um, but but it it was a weird time for us. You know, we didn't have sports. We didn't have all these things. Today's episode is the things that the coronavirus took away from us, because that's basically what I want to talk about. Now, first and foremost, I know one thing it's taken away from us as a world, and that is lives. Coronavirus is killing people. Like it, I, I live near Toledo, Ohio. It, in, in all of the state of Ohio, um, Toledo has the most deaths from coronavirus. So I, I understand that it's taking human lives. Like, and, it's, and it, by the way, is a symptom of the fall of man when sin entered the world. More about that later. Um, people, what, what came in was death and, and, and illness. And I know that's the cause of this mainly. And I know, I know, guys, you've sent me the videos. I know that you say it's put, it was from a lab or some dude ate a bat or all these things like that. And by the way, maybe all of you or none of you are right. I don't know. But I can tell you that the cause of this illness and this death is sin. Because <laughs> the wages of sin is death. You earn death based upon sin. Sin caused this. Uh, Daryl Nichols, a pastor friend of mine, um, said in a recent sermon that when when man sin 
when man entered sin in the world, it held the door open for sickness and death. And they walked on through. And that's what has caused coronavirus. More than anything, that's what's caused. But today is, what things has coronavirus taken away from us? Okay, let's do some um, obvious ones. Sports. <laughs> You're like, you mentioned sports first? I did. Um, sports. Coronavirus has taken sports away from us. Like... Uh, ESPN showing Korean baseball or old, you know, series of whatever. Reds fans, they're 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 replaying the World Series championships the Reds have had constantly. You know, Cincinnati Reds in baseball. Like, we don't have sports. The NBA is effectively canceled. That's why we're all so freaking out, excited about the Last Dance, the Chicago Bulls documentary, and we're arguing about that, even though that happened in 1998, <laughs> because we miss sports. It took that away from us. COVID-19 has also taken jobs away from us. Um, As of this morning, 36.5 million Americans have filed for unemployment since um, about the second week of March. It's taken astronomical amount of jobs away from us because things are being closed for the stay-at-home orders and things like that and the quarantine. Again, I know you have an opinion about that, but let's just state the fact it has. You can say if that was a good idea, bad or day, or a bad idea, or whatever, later on in comments or call me or whatever you want to do. But for the for the state, let's just say, let's state the facts that those jobs are now eliminated for the time being. Um, movies, it's taken movies away from us. Big releases. Um, they're releasing stuff like the new Trolls movie got released online instead of the theaters, caused this big stir, whatever. But you can't go to the movies like you Marvel fans and all you people. You're like, but I want to see Black Widow. Well, you can't. Sorry. (laughs) Um, It's taken movies away from us. And then another thing I want to highlight is it's taken church service away from us. In service, like in the service, coming there, sitting down with buddies, you know, high-fiving, hugging, whatever. In-person church services have been taken away from us. Those are the things it has taken away. So let, let's let's back up to those things I mentioned, the things it's taken away, and why these are such big issues for you, maybe spiritually. Okay. Um, the first one, sports. Sports has been taken away. Some of us, man, that hurts, right? Not having our sports available. Well, why are sports important to us in the United States? Well, some of us, um, we got our actual sport taken away. Like some of you have sons and daughters who are in tournaments in basketball you were hoping getting a state title or at least the biggest finish in your school's history, and that just suddenly got blanked and done. Didn't happen. That hurt. Some of you, you're from a city like a Pittsburgh, or you're from like a like a Cleveland. You're from one of those like Rust Belt cities, and you identify through and through with your sports team. Like when they wear your city on there, that is your city. And dude, I completely and totally get that. When the when the Cleveland Cavaliers won the 2016 championship, I felt like that was for every small town, good for nothing city in Ohio, and I'm from one. And man, that like that that hit me in a spiritual level, like a deep level. We love sports, guys, because we love the idea of a team. We identify with the idea of a team. If you're an SEC football t- fan, you love your team and you love your conference and it's us against the world to you. Any success anyone else has, you're like, yeah, but you didn't do it here, right? I mean, that's how it works. We love the idea of team. We love to unite behind and against a team. 
It's a collective body of people. And that's what sports represent. And that, by the way, there's no mistake you're that way because I can show you in scripture, you're made to crave community and to unite, sometimes against others. If you look in the Old Testament, man, what was it? It was community versus community and war all the time. And that's not a mistake that when you have sports, you identify with it so strongly. Um, coronavirus has taken jobs away. How sad is, I remember the first day of when restaurants were closed. Well, I remember the first day they weren't. And I'm driving on Saturday. It was like the 14th of, of March, you know. And I see all these bit, these restaurants just packed to the brim of people. And I remember saying to myself, I'm driving by myself, but I remember saying... <laughs> That's going to get close because I mean, it was packed to the brim with people. And I'm not criticizing the people that went to those restaurants. More power to you. That's fine. No one told you not to. But then they got closed. And I remember like the next, like that Monday, I'm driving and I, and I see all these businesses that in our community were thriving at all times, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, just packed to the brim and they're closed. And they're only open for takeout. And if you've gotten takeout recently in a restaurant, it's creepy, right? You go in there, you sit down, um, they have all these protocols, or maybe you go to a window. It's weird. Support your local businesses, but you got to admit, it's kind of weird, right? It's kind of weird. Or others of you guys have laid off because your job is not deemed, and this is a harmful word right now, isn't it? Essential. You don't have an essential job. And you're like, well, yeah, I do. My family sees it as essential. You know, I see it as essential. What I do, I feel like I get up every morning and and give my love and passion to something. I think it's essential. But your job's taken away. Without a job, we we feel like we have no real sense of accomplishment. Like like I'm a youth pastor and you know, I've, I've tried to find so many ways to interact with our youth and their parents online. And then we dropped off some gift baskets one day because be honest with you, I love these kids so much. I just miss them. I want some sort of contact. So, so we do that. But you have those days where you're like, man, did I accomplish anything? Because to be accomplishing stuff, right, is, is sitting with somebody in ministry and, and hearing their likes and dislikes and hopes and dreams, and then pointing them towards scripture to say, hey, here's Jesus, be more like Jesus. When you lose your job, you have no sense of accomplishment. Like where, where does your pride lie in what you have done? And businesses being closed hurt. And plus, community-wise, when you see all these businesses closed, it, it harms the community, doesn't it? Like it harms it. That's what coronavirus has taken away. Movies, movie theaters. A movie, guys, is such a shared experience. I have a group of dudes, we call ourselves the men, (laughs) and we go see new release movies, comic book or whatever, and we're in there, and it's just like you kind of look at each other, give them a little smile when you got your snacks in there. When something big happens, you smile. When something dumb happens, you roll your eyes and look at each other. And then in the parking lot, right after, when we go our separate ways, we just debate about how good the movie was, how bad the movie was what you could have done, whatever, and but not having these new releases, and I know this is such a privileged thing to say, those of us get to see new releases, but still, it, it's it's been taken away from us. And by the way, I know there are so many things that I'm not listing, but these are just the ones that, that I wanted to highlight today. Um, the last one is in-person church services. Now, for a lot of you guys, and I know my audience, this is the one that hurts the most. It stings, doesn't it? Like, not being with people. At first, 
the idea of online church was kind of cool, man. We were, we, we, and by the way, it still is. It still is. Okay, it has merit. But we rally around the idea of online church, you know, like you love to share the link with people. You love to interact in the comment section of whatever streaming platform you guys use. And it's fun. And, you know, and some of you guys, like you've done some really creative things like game nights and stuff like that where you guys play. My family, we do a trivia night on Tuesday nights when we can. Um, and it's a lot of fun. But in-person church services are tough. I'm a part of a few um, networking of tech church tech groups um, where we kind of we talk about producing worship services and stuff like that online nationwide these past two weeks guys um, streaming and we felt at our church too streaming for church services is down 50% nationwide of what it was in previous weeks 50% and this was week nine this past Sunday by the way of streaming church services and I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just like people don't crave community like they would when they're online. I don't know what it is. But it's taking it away from us. The in-person gathering of the band playing on stage and you raising your hands in worship or are you not? And you being handed a bulletin, you hugging somebody, shaking their hand, fist bumping, whatever. Um, you going in and getting your coffee or whatever you guys do in your own church, you know, demographic, whatever you guys do, you miss that and you crave that. And it's taken it away from us. And it's wearing on people a little bit. I mean, statistically, online church, it's wearing on people a little bit because we just want it back so badly. We have people that are, we have, again, I'm not going to get political here, but we have churches nationwide. They're just saying, nope, we're going to meet anyway, no matter what the government says. And then you have some throwing up some Bible verses like Romans chapter 13 saying, well, you are sinning in doing that. And then others saying, no, because we're supposed to gather. I'm not taking a side on this podcast on that issue, guys. I'm just not. You might. I'm not going to. But to what I say is the motivation behind every side of that is we want to gather because that's what the church does. And I know online, I know I know that church in your household is how things are supposed to be. That's how the church started. And I feel like I'm the lead pastor of the Hafer household first and foremost before I am of anything. But man, I miss all you guys that are part of my church. And that's what we crave and that's what we feel like we need. So what happens when all these things happen? By the way, every one of these things have to do with what? A sense of gathering and community. And that's what coronavirus has taken away from us. It really has a sense of worth, but that worth is being united under one cause and one team. If we can't unite among the good, sometimes we'll unite among the evil because it's more anonymous, especially now with online social media world. We'll constantly criticize those who get to do things or, or those who don't have a responsibility like us like we'll criticize all of our governors all of our scientists all of our doctors and like we have a better idea and we'll and we'll put it all under the we'll pull it pull it all under the um the guise of and i'm putting quotation marks around this research and our research is basically right it, it's basically biased towards whatever we want it to say so i could pull up research to say anything i want to and you know this and and um, it's not all academic, it's not all true, but hey, listen, if I found research, it must be right. We'll constantly criticize that. We'll join groups that say, recall every governor and every senator, and, and this person's lying, and look what I found in their past from this website. And so everything must be wrong. Why? Because we can't unite for the good, so we'll, we'll, we'll spread some evil. We'll, we'll backbite, and we'll, 
will criticize over and over again. When we know our voice isn't really going to matter in this, except for it'll spread a lot more negativity, and the world does not need more negativity, does it? We'll throw out conspiracies, and we'll say, well, this this is true, and this is true, and this is not true. We'll, f- we'll be fighting, and we'll making a, a brand new sect of the us versus them, that I believe this is true, and I believe this isn't true, and we'll divide, we'll divide, we'll divide. But that God divides. God, God does. God says, you are a sheep, you are a goat. Look that up in the book of Matthew if you'd like to. <laughs> and I think it's around verse, I mean, chapter 25. Um, God divides, but it's not up to us to divide. It's not. And, and, and he, but that's what we like to do. We like to divide. Philippians 4 tells us, consider others better than yourselves, right? Jesus washes the feet of his enemies at, the, at his very last meal. But yet, we divide. We say, well, if you disagree with me, you're wrong, and you're, you're a dim, and you're, you're a conservative, and you're a liberal, and you're a, and we divide. But guys, we are made to gather, and that's what we're aching for. We're made to gather in some way, not in isolation. Those of you guys who struggle with um, anxiety, depression, you love to be isolated. We put it under the guise of introvert, but what it really is is scared for human contact a lot. God creates the entire world at the very beginning. Let's back it up a whole bunch of years. And then on the sixth day, what's he do? He creates Adam. Now, everything before this, God says, God says, it is good. He creates this thing. It is good. It is good. He creates mankind, and he says, it is very good. What's the first thing that he ever said is not good? He said, it's not good for man to be alone. It's not good for man to be alone. When sin happens, all of a sudden, we notice something went wrong because God, God creates, God creates man and woman, and then all of a sudden they're together, they have everything in common. But when sin and shame enter the world, it, she's not Eve anymore. What happens? Adam calls her, he says, Well, that woman you put me here with did this. She's not Eve, she's that woman now. In Acts chapter 2, we see the church beginning. And what's the church like? Well, I'll tell you what the church is like. The church is this amazing picture, right? The church is this phenomenal picture of everyone having everything in common and no one being in need. And that's what the church is supposed to look like. Like, you can't pay your bills, let me help. Or you need child care, let me help. You need, you, need your, your, you need more food? Well, guess what? We have leftovers. Come on over. Let me bring it over to you. That's what the church looked like. But the more sin and shame enter the world, and by the way, the coronavirus is spreading it like crazy, not just an illness, but a lot of hate and a lot of isolation. What happens? More and more and more, we're divided. We're not united. So what do we do about that? Guys, I'm no rally winner. I have a I have some podcast that's not significant enough for you to remember the name and conversations probably. But here's what I'll say what we do with that. You pray and you unite the church the way you can. This is all going to end soon. I don't just mean the world, although maybe. I mean all this isolation, all this quarantine, it's going to end. And what are we going to be like on the other side of this? Are we going to carry over our resentment? Or are we going to carry over our idea that I missed gathering? I missed being with you. I miss sitting next to you at a ball game. <laughs> I miss being an opposing cheering section. I missed arguing over if the Marvel Cinematic Universe is as good now as it was when this person was a character in it. Like, I miss that. 
Instead of focusing on so much of what we want to have and what we lost, why don't we think about what we do have and why we crave what we don't? God unites us. I've said this before. You are not only born with a, with a God-shaped hole in your, in your life, you are born with a church-shaped hole. You are made to crave community. You are made to crave other people. That's why in a town I'm from, people join gangs. Why? Because the church isn't their community. The church isn't their ride or die. No, but a gang will be. A group of people that encourage me to, to do things I shouldn't do, but at least, they're, they, at least they're there for me. You crave community. So what has the coronavirus taken away from us? Nothing. Really nothing. Yes, we want our jobs. Yes, we want to be able to get entertained in all these different ways. Yes, we want to get along better. But in the end, it's it, nothing's been taken away that God can't rebuild. The, the spiritual need that you crave, there's nothing you crave that God can't rebuild. So anyway, guys, that is um, episode 32 of the 100 Foot Jesus Podcast. Not a coronavirus discussion-free zone today. Very much into it. Um, Anyway, I appreciate you guys. Uh, Continue to leave reviews. um, Continue to share on social media if you can and, and let people know about us. And I appreciate the heck out of you guys. Have a great week. Bye.